Welcome to a little bit of a different Sunday morning here at Richpoint Church. We actually have our mission team that's going to be up here sharing a little bit of their story. We'll get to in a second. But I want to share a little bit about this video. We kicked off a series last week talking about the table. And the table is the idea that as we come together as a church, we're each sitting at different seats at that table. Uh, some that are asking questions, not sure about Jesus at all, and they want to explore and discover and investigate. Uh, the second person is a person who believes and is starting to grow. And the third is a mature believer. And, and part of that growth process is to figure out where we need to get plugged in to grow. One of the ways we do that, one of the environments we have set up specifically for that is our small groups, our family groups, meeting literally throughout the community on different nights during the week. Starting next Sunday morning, we're going to begin signing up for groups for the new semester. We'd love for you to begin considering and praying about whether or not you want to be a part of that. This is a great chance to get to know new people, to interact with them, and to be challenged. And this year, for a lot of the groups, we're going to be using that freeway curriculum. And so even though we're kicking off groups next week, the books are available starting this week. So the workbooks are available back in the back. The books are $15. Some of the groups can be going through those as groups. Even if you're not, if you want to go through those individually, you're welcome to do that. We just want to let everyone know that those are available back in the back. The freeway work Books are fifteen dollars. We're going to be going the, w- through those with a lot of the groups. We are really glad that you're here today. It's a special Sunday. We have a lot, a lot of exciting things that are happening. We're actually in the midst of a lot of stuff right now as a church. Last week, I want to thank everyone who showed up for status. We don't do business meetings, but we had a status update where we shared a lot of what was happening in the church. And that happened last Sunday night. It was a great time to be able to share the vision, what we're doing as a church, but also to worship together, to celebrate together, and to celebrate communion together. We had a great time. Thank you for those who took part in status last week. And along those lines, we have a lot of things that are happening right now, especially if you're new to Ridgepoint Church. We have an environment set up specifically for you. If you came in this morning, this is the first time you're here, or whether you're here for the last few times, you're like, I want to find out more about what you believe. I want to find out about some of the ministries you have. Discover RPC is the environment set up specifically for you. We do this about once every six weeks, but it's happening this morning right after this service. So if you showed up and you're planning to go to lunch, we are actually providing lunch for you. We would love for you to join with us. The whole staff is going to be there. We'll interact. We'll be able to share. Here's our vision as a church. Here's some things that we're doing. If you want to find out how you can get plugged into that, if you're new and want to find out more or ask questions of us, we invite you to be part of that Discover RPC, literally happening 15 minutes after the service ends. We'd love for you to join us. We have our mission team here. We actually broke them up into two groups. It'd be hard to have everybody all on stage at one time. But we had our team travel down to Harbico in the Dominican Republic a couple of weeks ago. And so we want to be able to, to share a little bit of their story. We believe we all have powerful stories. And this morning, we want to give them a chance to share their story about what God did in their lives throughout this week and also what, got, what happened to those who are on the trip. So let's begin. Each of you go ahead and introduce yourself so we can know who you are first. Uh, my name is Joshua Crumley. I'm Christina Crumley. Linda Ostberg. And Jack Ostberg's not here because he's out of town. Belinda Russell. All right, now for each of you, unlike the others who will join us later, you guys are actually the veteran. You guys have all been on trips before, either one or multiple trips. But for some of you, this trip was a little bit different. Can you explain why this trip was a little bit different? I'll start. I've probably been on um, five or six mission trips. Um, but this one stood out because um, someone in particular had a heat stroke. So um, <laughs> it threw me for a loop for starters, but it's, you know, each mission trip special. So this one definitely had some pinpointed situations that happened and things that happened that um, really sparked my heart with God. And um, also our, our friends actually led this, um, all of our friends and son um, and daughter-in-law and 
nephew or grandson, um, you know, so our friends are leading us. So they're, you know, we're putting our trust in them. And also uh, what changed a little bit for me also is that my best friend, you most of you all know her, Phyllis Brady, or you've heard something about her. She's the crazy Jesus follower that uh, moved (laughs) to the Dominican Republic um, alone without anybody. Single, young gal, just literally jumped on a plane and went there. That's really how it happened. Uh, We literally, I remember the day we dropped her off and then we got in the elevator and we like, we just sent her there by herself. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Sure. God's got that. Mm, Okay. Please prove us wrong. But um, now all of a sudden, you know, she's settled. She's got a great home. And if you know Phyllis, she is just um, literally one with the Lord. Uh, One. One person, she loves her quiet time. Um, she likes to go to the beach by herself. Uh, she's just very independent. And um, the Lord somehow uh, said, hey, by the way, you're going to adopt two daughters. So now she has a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old. So, yeah, Tia B is now an aunt. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a blessing. So now we have two little girls um, that we have to watch as we do all this crazy stuff. We're like, oh, yeah, you have kids. Where are they? You know, do they get dinner? Oh, okay, make sure. So, definitely. I'm, I want to add <clears throat> these two little girls. You're a parent. Can you talk to your kids? Can you understand oh, what they're saying? <laughs> they don't know what each other is saying. Yeah. So, that was another little hurdle. Yeah, she literally um, uses eye translation to discipline them. Uh, <laughs> Half the time they'll come up to you and she'll, they'll, you know, in Spanish. And then she looks at them like, I have no idea what you're saying. So, see, see, or that doesn't sound good. No, no. If you not had a chance to, yeah, if you not had a chance to follow Phyllis's blog online, uh, do it just to hear this story about how God has, has led all of them down there. But then through this journey of adopting these children who've had this traumatic life experience in the last year, and how God brought them together as a family and all the ordeal they've been through, getting all the paperwork finalized, which it's difficult to go through that in the United States where we have organization. I couldn't imagine what they're going through in Dominican Republic. Where Very unorganized. Literally, they go there and they, um, they tell them one thing and then somebody else tells them another thing. But she is officially guardian of the two girls. Right now, we're working on passports, so maybe one day you'll see these two little blue, beautiful children come mm-hmm. through the doors. So. That'd be really yeah. cool. Now, I know for a lot of us, you know, back in Easter, we took up an offering to build a home. And for a lot of us, the trip was about going and building a home. Before we get to that, though, you guys were actually doing other things. It wasn't just going there and adding on to the home for Tito and his family. But you're engaged in the community, serving different people in different ways. Share a little bit of, about that. Well, for starters, um, we'll spend time when the girls aren't doing construction because, um, you know, us with a hammer, haha. But uh, we did participate in the construction a lot. Um, the guys were nice enough to let us help. Um, but as far as the, the side, there's children and women that are sitting on the side just kind of watching the construction take place. So we spend a lot of time just sharing God's love with the kids. And they're teaching us Spanish, which is quite comical. Um, and we're trying to teach them English. And it's adorable, which you'll get to see later, them trying. Um, but we really took time to do different things like hair treatments. We straightened the girls' hairs. We put makeup. We gave them pedicures, painted their nails and toes. It was just it was a lot of fun. And then in 
and part of that, they wanted to do our makeup, which was quite comical, but to be honest, they really watched the way we put their makeup on, and then they turned around and did it to us exactly how we did it to them. So it was pretty impressive to see how much something so little brightened their day, and they really looked forward to doing that to us. Definitely. Talk a little bit about, because we know we were adding on to the house, and Josh, you could probably tackle this one better than any, but we're adding on to the house. But what did that exactly look like? Because we, all we had was kind of a, a rough sketch for, from us on the outside looking in, but what did it look like to actually add on to their house? Well, <clears throat> as we pulled up, you know, of course, there's a concrete structure, um, pretty much a square structure, no windows, no doors, just concrete. So what we're And, and how, big is that, how, how big is that structure? Uh, you're looking at probably maybe... 15, 15 by 18. And, and how many people are living in that facility? There's a total of five, six. S six total. Five, and and we, we estimated. will be six. Okay. Six. And we estimated that it was probably the size of our, our foyer out there. Like that's how right. big the area was. Like a really small area. And so that's why building on was essential. Six so, kids. correct. Six kids, soon to be seven. Okay. There's four kids. Okay. Yes. Um, but, you know, there's a concrete structure. So, yes, we have to uh, build a floor, of course, frame up a wood structure and uh, build an A-frame and build a two-story on, you know, make it a two-story home. Um, the part is they don't have land, you know, uh, the houses are just very, they're right on top of each other. So that's the only way we can is to build up. So we built a two-story A-frame, wood structure, uh, gave them three extra bedrooms, even like a little, even extra little room. Uh, and then of course, you know, they have the first floor that had extra room as well. So it was, uh, it was amazing. But uh, yes, that's, we, we accomplished a two-story home. And that's crazy. I know at some point during the journey, Maria Tito's wife had, had looked at what you guys were trying to accomplish and she said, there's no way in the world you guys can get that all done in one week. How did the team respond to that challenge? Well, of course, I do construction here, so, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. We're going to give it to God and we're going to rock it. You mm -hmm. know, we're going to complete it. And uh, when you look at that and you look at the pictures that it is a concrete square structure, it's like, well, there's a lot to do. You know, but, uh, you know, when you give it to God, it, um, it gets done, you know. And from a woman's perspective, you know, just not knowing a whole lot about construction, I can see what Maria was looking at. How are they going to get that wall over that staircase against that side and there's only this much room? But with God, it was possible. But a lot of the times we're sitting there going, <gasps> Guardian Angel, do you have him? <laughs> And I think on any of these trips that we do, uh, you start off and, and you're trying to build a home or you're trying to add on to a home. And on Monday, it seems like the, fir the first day you get a lot of work done. You feel like, man, we're really rocking this out. We're going to get this completed in no time. But normally Tuesday or Wednesday, it starts to lag a little bit. You start to realize all the detail that has to get done. And there starts to be a, a moment of anxiety of saying, okay, because I really want to, when we leave, I want to be able to present this home to this family and let them know they're able to live with this, live in this home. By, if we're leaving on Friday, Friday's dedication, that when we leave, we're turning the home over to them, and they can now live there. So there's that anxiety of saying, I want to see this completed. And you get halfway through, and you're like, I don't know if we're going to be able to get this done. But every trip that we've been a part of, every trip we've been on, though there's a moment of anxiety, at the end of the week, it's always completed. We're able to turn it over and say, family, we're dedicating this house to you now, and that's a big deal. So thank you guys for the work that you did and being able to do that. How do you think the house is going to change their family, and how is it already changing their family? Um. The uh, Tito, you've heard it said, mi casa es su casa. And that's exactly what he believes, is my house is your house. That means 
you can come over and stay and sleep in our bed anytime you want to. I want to make dinner for you. I, you know, he, um, he believes that this is God's house and he is going to be a lighthouse to his community. And we can tell you a little more about the logistics of it. But he truly believes that this is where people are going to learn about Jesus the people that are in his area. He did one more thing. Even though they have a house full of people, um, they brought in two more. One was a teenage girl who was being abused by her mother and were about to go into human trafficking, sex trafficking. He brought her in. Um, another was a little boy who was, I think, four or five years old. He was also helping hammer and everything, so he brought him in. And he says, it's all open to anyone who wants to come in. You have an open, welcome house here. So for you guys, you have a lot of familiarity with the fight team. And it was just a few years ago, all of them were sitting here at Ridgepoint Church. And, and now they've gone out and they started this ministry. And, and we're starting to see how God's working. But they've all grown individually and as a team. How, has you, how have you seen the team change more than anything over the last couple of years? <clears throat> the... Um, the thing, Brady got down there first. She's there for a few months. And then God took my son <laughs> and my daughter-in-law and my one and only grandson. Not easy to give up, but I did have to surrender that um, to God. Then they became a, a gelled family. Um, they don't believe in making a decision or getting anything, doing anything, um, until they prayed and confirmed it with God. Uh, things that it, it would have been a very godlike thing to do, but God says, no, not yet. Matter of fact, one of the things that he wanted to do was uh, he wanted to finish off Tito's house two years ago. And God kept saying, no, no. No, until now he was able to to do it in God's time. By the way, we couldn't have done it without Ridgepoint Church and their opening up, um, their giving. And you are the most giving church I've ever seen. And thank you. They say thank you. The kids there say thank you. Tito says thank you to Ridgepoint. Incredible. Uh, Josh, I know you actually went on a trip earlier this summer, and this was your second trip going on to Harbacoa. But this particular time, uh, God seemed to kind of work in your life and, and challenge you in some specific areas. Talk about what happened. We heard a little bit about kind of what you're going through physically. So how did God use that to break you down? Well, you know, um, before these trips, me and Luke, we always get together. We get a little game plan going on, you know, get everything ready, especially when it's construction. And, and, uh, and for a little background, for those who don't know, you own a construction company that actually, Luke, you own the construction company. Yes. So both you guys, like you are kind of the main people helping run this whole thing. We're building a house. We're going to lean on the two of you really heavily. Correct. Yeah. Luke handed this company down to me, you know, because he surrendered everything and, and followed God. And, uh. Um, either way, um, <clears throat> let me straighten up a little bit. Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> we get a game plan going on, you know, and we got this house to build. And, you know, like any other construction worker, I go down there ready to go. You know, we're going to rock this. You know what I mean? So first day, yeah, we do good and everything. And we're doing good. We accomplish so much. Second day, kind of caught up with me a little bit. You know what I mean? And uh, 
caught up with me pretty good to where I lost it and pretty much was, <laughs> was done with, you know, which with me, I'm going to try to suck it up. I didn't want nobody knowing, you know, but it looks like they were eavesdropping and we're figuring stuff out. Place so I said I was okay. Yeah, I was okay, you know, and I kind of, you know, turned down the treatment, whatever. And uh, next morning I got there and uh, pretty much God told me, you know, whatever, you know, you, I'm not going to be able to make this, you know. So I went back to the hotel room. And luckily, you know, we've gotten IVs and some fluids donated to us, you know. Thank God for that. And can't believe it, but, man, we had a nurse with us. You know, so it was a decision of uh, do we go to the hospital or do we just do it right there in the hotel? So I, knowing me, well, first time for everything, let's do this in the hotel. You know what I mean? So, uh, so Tara, she came there, um, gave me an IV, um, Naomi as the assistant. And uh, she calls herself the assistant now. Um, <laughs> but uh, Tara did great. Um, gave me the IV. We actually hung the bag up on a picture frame. That was amazing. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, God dealt with me um, just being there in the room. And the whole time, you know, me not being there, you know, and being here, you know, when I do construction, you know, you have a game plan, you have a goal. Let's do it. We're going to rock it. And, you know, you stick to it. And with me not being there, I'm starting to. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, we're going to have this house finished, you know, and I'm not there. And then I hear of a, another gentleman, Jack. He's also came to the house, and there's two guys down, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, you know. And, but prayer's everything, you know, and, uh, you know, I had to, uh, you know, I, I sat there, and I had to, uh, you know, after they gave me the fluids, I'm like, all right, I got my fluids. Let's go. Let's rock it. I'm going back to work. And they said, no, you're staying there at the hotel. So that was hard for me. You know, but um, what it all came down to is that the team rocked it. You know, we, uh, we were down two guys, and we were limited guys, but we also have the Dominicans there, and that's the thing. We all work together, and, uh, you know, the communication's not there, you know, but uh, through God, anything can happen. And, uh, you know, so when they came back, I'm thinking, oh, man, we've got so much to do, and they tell me, oh, no, we're about done. I go, uh-huh. <laughs> what, you know, so, you know, um, it hit me there a little bit, you know, so then this follows on to Friday, I come back to work, and uh, we did have some things to finish, doors and windows, but, you know, we did have some speed bumps, you know, um, there was concrete, you know, that got done the night before, and if anybody knows concrete, it's got to cure, you know, we just had some speed bumps, but what it all came down to is we had to sit down together, and we needed to pray, and we needed to give it to God, mm. And that's what we did. And uh, concrete hardened, the windows got in, the door got in. And we were trying to get this finished by 3 o'clock that afternoon. And you know what? We, we did it, you know. And we did it all through, through prayer and through God. Yeah, and, that was... um, and that's what we always have to bring back here is that you got to give everything to him because we got speed bumps every day. Mm-hmm. And only him can fix it. Yeah, definitely. Um, No, I totally want to add to that because literally Friday morning, you know, we all get into our two cars and we literally like jump out of the car. We're like, yeah, we got this dedication. You know, just like you said, we got three o'clock. We got to get this done. And then, you know, we're just playing with the kids doing whatever. And these guys, they're having to redo like all the concrete for every single window door, right? Yeah, we had to literally cut. Let's put it this way. All the doors were wrong. All the openings were wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything was wrong. So we had to redo everything and still have it all done. 
And, you know, in those times, it's like, you know, you get a little doubt, you know, and everything. But you've got to stay positive. Do everything and you do. And now we realize what it was. That night, Friday night, after we got back and we were, like, you know, prepping ourselves to go back, um, we didn't pray. Friday morning hit, and guess what? We ran out of the cars, and we just did, you know, we just did our regular routine. Not one of us prayed for a good day, for nothing. And then we realized, like, lunch, like, dang, this is crappy. We've got nothing done. You know, we're having to take down half of this stuff. And then after lunch, we got smart, and we're like, oh, yeah, maybe we should pray. And we prayed, and let me tell you, it got done in less time in the afternoon than it did in the morning that we were there, just, you know, backtracking the whole time. And it was definitely because we didn't pray. I mean, that one simple thing. Yeah, I would say within three hours, we put in uh, put in a total of eight doors. Yeah. Put in a total of eight doors. I don't know, uh, maybe five windows. And uh, had, to, had to just start fresh, you know. And we got it all done within three hours. Yeah, and sealed up the outside wall. We just had so much. But uh, it was just crazy how it came together. And um, it all worked out great. The team took a bunch of pictures and videos, and so now, real quick, we're going to get a chance to see that video, and then once the video is done, the rest of the team is going to join us. So the first group of people was people that had been on previous trips in the past, and now we have the rookies. Uh, I want you guys to share a little bit. First, we're going to give you a chance to introduce yourself, and then we're going to share. Uh, this part of the interview is, is more focused on, I think a lot of times we go on trips like this, and we go to serve and, and to be a blessing to people that we come in contact with. And yeah, I want to talk about the journey that you guys are going through as individuals. But first, let's begin by go ahead and introducing yourself. I'm Clayton Keene. Tanya Keene. Tara Bent. Jimmy Bent. And so if you didn't get it, these two belong together and those two belong <laughs> together. Uh, so first being, because I know a lot of people when they're considering going on a trip like this, it seems like early on there's a lot of obstacles and hurdles that have to be run through or, or jumped over to be able to, to, to make it to that. So talk real quick about the journey you guys were on, really of surrendering to even going on the trip. Um, I remember, I said this before, um, when God confirmed it for me, I was in the back booth, um, and uh, Clayton came in, um, and I told him, I heard it twice, God confirmed it twice, that we're supposed to be going, and um, I I was nervous, um, and I completely had to give it to God, because we have two little boys, and having to find um, a babysitter for seven days to keep keep our kids... um, and making sure that they would be taken care of while we were gone. Um, and then I lost my job in May, so financially had to completely give it to God that he would uh, be able to provide every dime for us to be able to go. And he did. And so I was hoping you, I mean, you guys had kind of signed up, you are planning on going on the trip, but then all these things were happening, and you were sitting there saying, even though we kind of signed up as being interested, we're not sure it's going to happen. Right. And then, you know, you're sitting in church, hear the message twice, and you're like, oh, <laughs> I really need to, to do this. And you kind of, at the same time, are experiencing the same thing. Right. Right? You heard the message and... Yeah, I heard the message. I mean, it was, the devil was putting in our head that, you know, Tanya lost her job, and we got so much to do, and we can't do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, so Tanya told me, and I come and I heard the same message, and I feel like God was speaking to me as well. And she said that, I was like... Wow, you know, God just hit me in the head saying, wake up, dummy, you're going. <laughs> Sometimes it takes God to do that to all of us. Uh, you guys, similarly, you had a lot going on. So what was it like for, for the two of you? Um, yeah, I was in nursing school, and I always said once I got out of nursing school that I'd go on the next mission trip. So this was the next mission trip. Um, but in the midst of that, I uh, felt God leading me to quit my job. So I had quit my job. And so I think I was ready, but it was more getting 
him on board. Yeah, I, it took me a little while, and, and the term I used to, to describe it is vanilla. I, I felt kind of vanilla about it. It wasn't that I wanted to go or I didn't want to go. I, it didn't really come across one way or the other, um, but it's just, you know, the fear of the unknown, I think that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Talk about the, the night before the trip, because I know you guys had to be up early. You're meeting at one of the people's houses at, at what time? 3 a.m. 3 a.m. So they had to be up at this house to leave to go to the airport at 3 a.m. And so you're thinking in my mind, I got to get to bed early. I got to get a lot of sleep. And yet there's so much going through your mind. So what was it like the night before departure? How were you feeling? It was nerves. Um, I felt like it. I was going to kindergarten, like the first day of school, you know. You don't know what to expect, who you're going to meet, what you're going to do, how it's going to be. So it's like you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. I don't even get up that early to go hunting in the morning. So get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know this is a big serious, deal then. <laughs> yeah, it's a serious business, you know. So it wasn't as little sleep as just rolling with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was very worried about our luggage. Um, I remember getting on the scale like five times, making sure, are we meeting late? Are, are we going to have to take stuff out? Are we going to be able to keep everything in there? And so it was a little stressful mm-hmm. trying to get ready. I think there's any time we're packing for a big trip, like we want to make sure we have everything ready to go on the trip because we don't have to get there and be, have to buy a whole bunch of stuff. And you're going to the Dominican Republic, so it's not like if you forget your hair straightener, you can't just go pick up a hair straightener at the local store. So that was a big deal. Make sure everything's packed. You have all that anxiety going along with it. So you want to make sure all that stuff is done. Definitely. Yeah, and, I, and I think, J.J., when you said, you know, get a good night's sleep before, it was probably two, two and a half hours was at best what any of us got. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when we woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, each, um, we, we get a Bible verse every day on our phone. And uh, our verse for that day was, was so powerful, I shared it with the team that morning. And it's Isaiah 41.10. It says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So I, I just think that was just the the front end of the trip, if you will, that kind of got it all started for all of us. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. And I think that you saw how God provided. And just in case anybody's worried about it, Jimmy did confirm in the first service he did remember his hair straightener, so it was all good. <laughs> Five of them. <laughs> um, talk real quick, because anytime you go on a trip like this, I think you have feelings of inadequacy, like am I going to be good enough? Am I going to be able to do that? Did you guys have those concerns going into the trip of the feelings of inadequacy? For me, it wasn't going into the trip. It was more once I got there. Um, I knew they spoke Spanish, but um, once you get there, like we got out of the car and you see all the people, and I just immediately put up a wall. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to communicate with these people. I don't know Spanish. Um, And God really had to work on that wall for me, uh, trying to learn. And it didn't matter at the end. they were able to communicate with us. We knew this meant they wanted to race. Rapido, rapido. And that was me taping uh, Friday as we were running down. Um, and, you know, they just, and then they would teach us, like uh, Christina was saying, they would teach us Spanish. And that was absolutely hilarious because I'm really bad. And they would keep, like, sounding out the syllables. Like, da 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 And then when I'd finally get it, they'd say, see! <laughs> Yay, you finally got it! You American! And, and, and that's it. we pronounce words so differently. Like, to try to describe to them how to say Ridgepoint Church, it's so it's such yeah. a different sound. Every place we've been to, they can't say Ridgepoint. Like, you say it, Ridge. And they're, they're, they just look lost. Like, I don't understand how that sounds. And we're the same way. Like, yeah. we look just as crazy. It was, it was fun, because I would say, in Espanol, 
what you know knows and they would tell me and I try to say it and then I would say in English knows and they would be like no languages are so very different uh, so we have those feelings of inadequacy. We try to kind of make up for it. And somewhere along the line, God says, okay, you need to rely upon me. It's, it's, you know, you're going to be overwhelmed at times, and that's okay. Uh, real quick, I've heard you guys use words like the trip was humbling and that the trip was life-changing. Some of you on during the trip, I was getting messages, and sometimes after the trip, uh, those words kept coming up. The trip was humbling and life-changing. Explain why so. We flew into Puerto Rico. I was, uh, you know, at Puerto Rico is American eye, so you, you see the beaches and all that, and you think, okay, well, this ain't Dominican. When you fly into Dominican, you see the houses that are in shambles and the, the roofs are, you know, tin roofs are rusted. So it starts before you even get off the plane. It's, you know, you realize you're going into a third world country. So we got there and it's definitely, definitely different here because we got first world problems where our Wi-Fi don't work and they don't have running water. You know, it's, it's no power at times. So you go in there, but the, the love that they have, they don't have the stuff that we have, the resources they have, but they still have love and they have compassion. So it's like, you know, it humbles me to see that we're worried about little things and there's much much bigger things to worry about mm-hmm. and, and the, oh, I'm sorry I was just gonna say I remember that um, throughout the whole week mr. Jack had done a devotion book for us as a team and we would come together um, at the end of the day to talk about where God was speaking to us or mm-hmm. what did we see that day and I remember that was life-changing for me because it was all about prayer mm-hmm. and I think I, I realized I don't talk to God enough here like I'm constantly are the kids okay what do I have to do what you know what has to get done today and we don't take enough time to truly talk to God and Mm -hmm. you know even if we're not happy with the situation that we're in he wants to hear that Mm -hmm. that's the stuff that he wants to hear from us and one of the most humbling things for me was uh, we got to do Christina was talking about manicures and pedicures well I got to do abuela which is the grandmother I got to give her a pedicure and washing her feet now, the pedicure, it was in dirty water because we'd washed every, because they don't have, they have limited water. So we had to use the same dirty bucket for everyone. So she was the last one I did. So just washing her feet, just the symbolism of that and how Jesus washed feet, it just, that was probably the point where God knocked me down. And he's like, look what you get to do for somebody. It was amazing. Yeah, I'll, uh, couple of things I wrote down to uh, just kind of remind myself is um, how many places have you ever lived not just visited but truly lived where you can't drink the water you have to throw your used toilet paper in a trash can because the sewer system can't support it the city water is only turned on a couple times a week so you can fill your tank your big cistern that's on the roof the water that you can't drink by the way you only get it twice a week Gas is like six bucks a gallon, and the kids have a pure love for people. And they get excited over the smallest things, just hygiene products, hand sanitizer. You would have thought we gave them the keys to a Ferrari when you gave that to them. But the, uh, the point that really hit me, uh, where, where God kind of hit me between the eyes, was when we got to the airport in Santiago and we came down, and the whole fight team was there ready to uh, greet us when we uh, came out of the airport. And Phyllis's oldest daughter, Daniela, came up and hugged us all and hugged me. And that was when God kind of grabbed hold of me because um, this little girl didn't know us. She, she knew a couple of the team members there, but she'd never seen some of us before in her life. Uh, but you could just feel God's love coming through this child. And when we later got to spend time with Phyllis that night to learn the story, the, the horrific story about her daughters and what they've witnessed and what they've been through, 
it just it just really hit home even further you know how, how god's love is just coming out of these two kids that they shouldn't love anybody for what they've been through but it was just truly truly amazing and and you know if you get a chance i know jj said it you know read phyllis's blog learn about this it's it just it'll it'll break you down no question about it the trip was life-changing i think for everybody is there anything else about that life change you experienced you want to share uh, we seen the houses from the outside and the, you know the house that we was constructing me and jimmy got a chance to go into the house that tito was staying out while you know the construction was going on and it was literally the house was just a little bit bigger than the stage here and you know his whole family and it was more family living in there and they was all you know they come together as one family but just to see how they work together and how they love but you know like i said we got we're so spoiled here you know and, and you're going in the house and seeing and mm-hmm. it's different definitely um I know there are some people who are sitting here who are like, okay, that's cool, you went on that trip, but for me, I'm still not sure I'm kind of on the fence. There's a lot of things, a lot of hurdles that I would still have to cross to be able to get there. If you could communicate one thing to them, what would it be? Be like Nike and just do it. <laughs> I'd say just go. Um, me and Tanya's been on the fence for a while. We, I mean, she's got a heart, want to do missions, and I'm part of the stubborn one saying, no, we got stuff to do here. We don't, we don't need to go right now, but... We've always we wanted to go, and the devil's been saying, no, you, you don't go now. You know, you got dogs to take care of, you got kids to take care of, <clears throat> don't go. <laughs> One of those are more important than the other. <laughs> the dogs came first, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, but no, once, once we did take that step, I regret not going in the before. You know, mm-hmm. it was definitely life-changing, definitely an eye-opener. And I'd say if you're on the fence, if you're straddling, just go because we was – we was worried to death that, you know, God wasn't going to, that we wasn't going to provide. God provided. God was going to provide that. You know, we won't have the money that, you know, everything's going to fall apart if we left. Mm-hmm. But God, God provided every dime. Took every Took care of every need. Dogs are still alive. Kids are still alive. It's a, <laughs> good deal. Um, let's talk real quick. We're about to see video of the, the home dedication. What was that experience like? So you work hard all week, Friday, frantically trying to get all the stuff done. But then you're finally able to present the home to the family. And, and say, look, you know, God has done this. It's not about us. God has done this. But what was that experience like to be able to, here's your, your new home? Um, for me, it was very emotional. Um, I remember sitting there, all of, I think all of us ladies, just crying. Um, and it wasn't that we were sad. Um, I, I, I know me, I was happy to, to realize and to see the family. Um, They're going to be using this house. You know, they're going to be the lighthouse in their community. They're going to use this house for God and to glorify him and to teach these kids and show them the love of Jesus. Um, And then I didn't mention this first service, but I also remembered what we went through Friday morning. And you could truly feel the spiritual warfare everywhere. And to be able to dedicate that house to the Lord and then give it to that family was completely humbling because... We just saw a family who they weren't getting along and nothing was working right, you know. But God came in and he took care of it. Mm. And to be able to say, here you go. This is a confirmation. This house is yours for you to use for God. Wow, powerful. Yeah, and, and on that, just real quick, she said, you've heard her say lighthouse. I think Linda called it a light for the community. And uh, you can't really tell by the video that you're going to see, but for those of us that have been there, this house truly is a light for the community. It, it sits up on a hill on the side of the road. Um, I don't want to say by itself, but there's woods almost on both sides and all around. So all the vehicles that drive by, they saw what happened all week long. 
and they continue to go there and they see this light at the top of the hill for this community and that family is the big part of that light in the house you know they're they're out shining in that community and so this is just a beacon for that whole area and it's just it's just very very humbling for us to be a part of that and one thing i'd like to share just to wrap it up was on our last day the uh, the bible verse i got that day um, as we're getting ready to pack up and head out that morning is um is second corinthians three eighteen, and it says so all of us who had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the lord and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Thank you, Ridgepoint Church, for being a part of this. Uh, we had our team that traveled. I think some of you guys were more nervous about being up on a stage today than, than even about the trip. But, but just thank you for your willingness to surrender to, to being a part of God, building up God's kingdom here and abroad. Uh, real quick, we're going to see the video of the house dedication, and then we're going to gather together to worship one more time. So thank you guys again. That was Tito and his family, and it's crazy to think about that something that happened here a few months ago could result in people's lives being changed in that way. And, and I'm so thankful for a church that responded, for a team that was willing to go and to serve, and realize that our goal is to do this on a regular basis, to make a difference, uh, whether it's here in our community or whether it's across the world, to make a difference and through that impact people's lives and be able to share the good news of who Jesus is. We're about to take up an offering, and the goal of the offering, yeah, we have to take care of bills and lights and all the stuff that we do here, but it also gives us a chance to better impact our community and the world around us. So if you would join us together as we pray, take up the offering, and we worship a God who loves us infinitely. Father, we thank you for just the way that you interact with our life. You intersect with us on a day-by-day basis. And God, I thank you for chances like today where we get to, to see in a very practical way how you use us as, as a people and us as a church to impact people's lives around us. And God, I pray that as we take up this offering, that you would bless it, multiply it to accomplish your purpose and your will. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.